Welcome to episode 37 of the Tech Gypsies podcast. I'm Audrey Waters. And I'm Ken Lane. And we're recording this on Christmas Day, which neither you or I celebrate, hence, hence we're recording a podcast. Uh, but we are in the same location. We are in the same location, and that's good news. Um, I'm... Uh, and I'm done with my year in review stuff, so that's good news. Done with travel for the year, that's good news. Yeah, you're uh, wrapped up your crazy intense time of year, and you're talking to me again. And uh, it's a, uh, it's a kind of this is a good time, I think, because y- you feel accomplished, and everyone else is doing their holiday thing, and and I think it's a good time for a podcast. Yeah, um, although I. I I I remember when we were recording this earlier this year and we kept saying I can't wait till the election's over and then the election came and it actually led to more devastating stuff. So I'm really resisting saying I can't wait till this year is over because I'm quite fearful of what 2017 is going to bring. Um but yeah, just this like this year just keeps um just keeps being a real dumpster fire yeah uh, w- what just happened right for you you hopped on this <laughs> I'm this so sad I didn't realize I was quite so sad about this but I just learned that George Michael um formerly the singer of Wham died and he was 53 wow I, I don't know if you were as um I don't know if you were into Wham but really George Michael to me like actually to think about Losing George Michael and Prince and David Bowie, who were, I think, really iconic growing up in the 80s and thinking about sexuality, homosexuality, just, uh, but um, an, an, a, being able to be oneself and comfortable with being really sexual, um, um, but in sort of in control of one's sexuality um, in, in the media. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a little broken up. I I just saw a tweet as you're saying this from Richard Kim. As a young queer growing up under Reagan, Bowie, Prince, and George Michael were proof of life. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I remember I had the um, I think it was I, now I can't remember what the name of the album was, but it was I had the record of Wham's second album. And then afterwards, that was when it had Careless Whisper, which was like the slow dance song at, you know, school dances and then Wake wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, which is a great, like, really sort of sounds like, to me, what 80s music sounds like, um, 80s pop, I should say. And then um, George Michael's solo albums, I remember I had on cassette and I don't know, he was a, he was a great singer. He was politically active and I just remember, I remember stories about George Michael um, um, being arrested for his sexuality. Um, and to me, thinking about George Michael and, and, and sex um, and sort of the, the sort of how sex was controversial in, under Reagan. Um, I don't know. I uh, just sad. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 80s sucked. Um, I did not like the eighties and 
Speaking of, uh, we're we're reminded of the '80s this week because of uh, of renewed talks around. Uh, yeah, uh, this it, nuclear war, which I, totally brings back '80s PTSD for me. I f- maybe maybe that's why people are dying. I so this is so this is so weird to me because you know the there's a new Star Wars movie out. You and I haven't seen it yet. Um, Rogue One, which is um, and I feel as though we're returning to we're returning to these old stories again. Um, and like you said, uh, Trump tweeted. As one does, I guess, sort of just tweeted casually his plan to, like, reignite a nuclear arms race. And I, you know, I grew up um, in the 80s, obviously, but really feeling, um, I really feeling as though any day we were going to die, um, we were going to die from nuclear war. Like, I felt as though it was inevitable. Like, I, I, re- I was, I was certain that we were, we were going to die. And we, um, I lived, I lived in Wyoming. I grew up in Wyoming and that's where a lot of the Minutemen missiles were housed, I guess, because if there was like an accident really, or a war, like it wouldn't, you know, not too many people would be hurt or some fucked up, not like logic. And I just, I was just so, like, to me, the 80s are really the trauma of Reagan, the the sort of nuclear fear of Reagan, and and then great joy in, like, (laughs) great joy in the music, and even in, like, pop music, which was, like, as much as it sort of seems candy-coated and silly, um, was, um, music to me in the 80s was really, like, such a escape and solace from what was this really dismal, dismal world. But yeah, um, I guess Trump wants to bring back, um, bring back nukes. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I wrote about this right around the election time. Um, we'll include it in the show notes, but it's, you can look for it on medium, kind of my thoughts on people's rent end time rhetoric kind of influencing me. And I mean, echoing what you just said about the eighties, I, I did not expect to 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 live into this new, new next century. I thought the world was going to end. I thought it would be nuclear war. It. I thought it would be uh, police killing me. I thought, um, you know, uh, it'd be uh, d- just this dystopian future by uh, assuredly by the year two thousand. You know, as the people who told uh, around me told me constantly growing up through the seventies, eighties, and into the nineties, and. Uh, I feel like those are the same people who voted for Trump. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's very it's so it just feels very strange. It feels as though it's like we're redoing the '80s, but yet it's like shifted and and the and um, you know we're some people are rooting for you know they're rooting for they're rooting for the Death Star, right? They're rooting for Darth Vader to appear on screen. Um, they're rooting for the Russians. Uh, it's it's this reprise of reprise of the worst fears of the '80s. Um, it's like Reagan, except it's not Reagan, right? I mean, Reagan was an actor, um, and this time we elected a reality TV star. So we're sort of doing like we're sort of uh, an it's like a the, the an approximation of of Reagan, but it's like this this like really low budget dystopian um 
badly edited, badly cast um, revisioning, re- um, revisiting of 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 the eighties. Well, I can't believe I just can't believe George Michael said. I just yeah, uh, yeah sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, it's it's been a fucked up year, man. It's That's so uh, fucked up. It's so fucked up. Like I just think of like all of the like like another person very well known in education technology passed away yesterday and I can't talk about it. I don't think it's really public knowledge yet. But when I think about who like I think about music, who music lost this year. I mean, you know, I mentioned Bowie and Prince and um but like Merle Haggard, you know, um Leonard Cohen, uh, and and then the loss in education technology of Seymour and um, Marvin Minsky died earlier this year, and um, I don't know, like a lot of these people who were lights, you know, uh, interesting lights um, to sort of shine forward. Ugh, Carrie Fisher better fucking get out of the ICU, really stat because this is too upsetting but I want to actually before we move away from the nuclear stuff I want to actually um this isn't quite the order in which I thought we would talk about things but I, I think you know we've talked a lot about in the podcast about the technology the technologies of cyber war but I think that one of the things that I find incredibly horrifying about um the the military's technological infrastructure is how woefully out of date it is, including this, including the technology that, um, is sort of, uh, that helps people <laughs> manage our, our missiles, our nuclear missiles, um, both on land and on, on submarines. There was a story in the, um, in the New Yorker this week about, it was called um, World War Three by mistake, and so on one hand we have this sort of rhetoric um, from from Trump about we're going to you know build more better nuclear missiles, but really I think the what the um, the the priority for the last decade has actually been to dismantle part of you know to dismantle that particular. Um, uh, race towards nuclear weapons. But what we haven't done in a lot of cases for a variety of reasons is actually update the technological infrastructure. And that's truly frightening as well. Yeah. I mean, I I was looking for it and we're going to add to the show notes. We should, there was a story, where was it that was talking about that? Was it New York Times that? Uh, For what? For the nuclear, the the technology behind the nuclear. Oh, it's in the New Yorker. It was in the New Yorker, yeah. but I mean that that really focuses on the 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 technology behind the nuclear part of this, but the 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 warfare and and the cyber part that I think you know I mean one it, the linkage between Trump and and Russia. Interestingly, there was a story. Um, it was it was a report out of. Um, God, I'm trying to pull it up here. Sorry. Um, you don't open up all your tabs before we start recording. I have them all open. I'm trying to find <laughs> the, the right one. But it was a report from CrowdStrike who was hired to investigate the, the DNC hack. And they had found a linkage to Russia because the, the malware that was used as part of the DNC hack was also 
um, uh, part of the fingerprint for an attack on uh, the Ukrainian army who uses um, uh, mobile devices to position their their um, their anti-aircraft uh, guns, their D-30 howitzers to be specific, their artillery pieces. And there, this malware was used by a Russian unit to infiltrate and, and basically siphon off all communication and location data from these um, and then use disinformation and knowing where they're at um, but sending false signals, doing other things, they were able to base effectively, you know, um, attack the Ukrainians in doing this. So this is like um, dovetails with with the 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 regular te the warfare technology, the regular technology space that we're building into. But then the whole kind of information aspect of this, you know, interestingly that that Trump uses Twitter as kind of his 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 message form for this. A lot of this disinformation and fake news that we're seeing out there is spreading via Twitter and Facebook. And there was another one um, in the uh, New York Times about fake news crossing over and basically um, Israel and Pakistan having a, a battle, um, you know, over, you know, that saber rattling from a nuclear standpoint, vantage point. Um, about fake news and and disinformation on the web, so you know the layers of technology and and just how woefully pre ill prepared we are for the impact technology is going to have on us is just just crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's you know there's several we've, we're talking about sort of several several layers of information technology, right? So there's a level of misinformation and disinformation spread online, right? That's that's one piece. And then there's this, this decision that we've made along the way to pay attention to these sources rather than, quote unquote, experts, whether those experts are for those of us without top secret clearance, right, are like the mainstream, quote, quote unquote, mainstream news, or if we are um, in a leadership position, the intelligence agencies themselves. So we're so there's the information technology piece of it. That's there's there's that piece that we're paying attention to um, to to sort of the sort of disaggregated um, information uh, via via social media over people who actually have expertise. Um, so that's one piece of information technology. And then there's a sort of real-time fallout of this, right? So there's the real-time Twitter, but then there's also the real-time response that, again, you know, to bring up these horror, the sort of trauma of the 80s to me, I mean, these were, the, this, the missiles in Wyoming were the Minutemen, right? It was named after the, the, the soldiers in the Revolutionary War, that they were supposed to be ready in a minute, you know? And the, the idea is that with all of this nuclear capacity and pretty much any kind of military capability that you want to be able to make a decision and instantaneously have things deployed, um, particularly missiles. And so that's really frightening to think of like real-time Twitter plus real-time launching of of, of a military strike is is incredibly frightening. But then you have like, then we have these older technologies where things start to crumble, right? So we have, so the, 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 the capability of some of these things to actually work 
and to actually launch because they're not running on whatever the latest, you know, whatever the latest, coolest um, database system that Twitter now houses tweets in, all right, the, the, the stuff that the military, militaries all over the world use are, I mean, in this New Yorker story, they were talking about the, 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 that the Royal Navy uses Windows for submarines, which is like a special version of Windows XP, which I think Windows, or which I think Microsoft stopped supporting like a decade ago. So there's, you know, we're talking, and that's fairly modern technology. I mean, a lot of things are still sort of floppy disk, um, much older operating systems. And so they're, they're out of date, but then the, the benefit of that, ironically, is that many of those things aren't internet connected. So like that's this dilemma, right? So on one hand, we, our nukes are run off of a floppy disk, but then the great thing is that they're not online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we have these, these layers, these geological layers of legacy technical debt that w- feels like we're kind of, we're, we're fucking Homer Simpson working at the nuclear power plant. And rather than actually doing the hard work of, of getting any of the, any of these layers up to date or, or managed in a coherent way, we're doubling down on new technology. We're, 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 we're taking speed and convenience and we're connecting things to the internet that don't make sense and, and aren't secure. And then all while we're doing this, we're reading our Facebook profiles and our Twitter and believing hype, fake news and fantasy. And we're, we're being sold this, this bill of goods that, you know, uh, everything's real time. Everything's fast. Everything's connected to the internet. You, you know, you got all of this, this is happening, but it's, it's all anchored in this legacy, crazy physical world that we live in and is kind of haphazardly being connected to the internet. Well, that that's actually, uh, we've actually sort of run these stories backwards from how I was imagining we would tackle them, but that actually ties into, I think, one of the, the large themes of this year, which has been really this resurgence of hype. And I'm, uh, and um, I'm going to say it's hype around the capabilities of artificial intelligence. I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss, like, I don't want to dismiss that there aren't interesting, interesting ways in which things like natural language processing are be, are being pushed forward. But I'm super wary of this phrase, artificial intelligence, and then the ways in which we attach a, a particular kind of meaning and significance to it because of the word intelligence. But then this, this idea that we can actually then um, engineer, engineer systems and start connecting a variety of sort of mundane everyday household objects to some sort of, um, some sort of processing unit in order to facilitate decision making. And so I think perhaps the best example of this was Mark Zuckerberg, who, who I think maybe at the beginning of the year said that his goal for the year was to devise a Jarvis-like um, AI system for his home. And of course, borrowing from um, the name of the home assistant, the intelligent home assistant of the Iron Man cartoon. So of course he would choose a fascist corporate, um, uh, fascist, cor- oh, excuse me, is Iron Man fascist? Batman's fascist. Uh, certainly he would choose a, oh, proto, 
proto-fascist, a proto-fascist superhero to model his his home um, his home automation system after, after. But he wrote a post on Facebook a couple of days ago, sort of detailing what he'd been able to accomplish. It was yeah, sort of mortifying. I mean, it was actually sort of <laughs> horrific. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know. Like like the security realm, you know, I've talked about this in previous episodes. Uh, many aspects of the internet have what is the I consider it to be the on the on the ground grassroots real aspects of of it. So if it's you know if it's AI machine learning, uh, you know, uh, cognitive systems, all of these things. <laughs> There's actual work going on in these areas. And in security, I, but I, there's, there's... Can I just say, like, that's, I, I'm reluctant to even say those words because they both of them contain, both of those phrases contain words that I think nod towards humans. Like, so machine learning and that word learning and then cognitive systems with cognitive. And like, I, I'm, I, I want to come up with better terms so that what we're not talking about is is a reference to that. Anyway, sorry. I, I agree a hundred percent, and I mean that's but that's why I preface it with there's there's real work going on in all these areas. But in security, you know, there's real security work, and then there's cybersecurity, which is the theater of security, and that's what I feel like this is very much all in the service of is is inflating and pumping up those those terms to. Um, to mean way more, you know, and 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 make people kind of captivated by the whole song and dance and theater of. I mean, and what what he's doing with Jarvis is very much what IBM's been doing with uh, Watson for the last year to two years. Is you know taking it on the road and doing this whole you know go on Jeopardy, hey, go into healthcare, hey, put Bob Dylan on talking about music, and you know he's very you know Mark Zuckerberg is very much showcasing you know this this Iron Man captivating people's attention. And for a lot of the, the working stiff, the average Joe in this country, they see that and they're like, wow, he's such a cool guy. I wish I could do that. I wish I could live that life. He's amazing and great. And then so that when they're sold, you know, do his... They, do people want that though? I don't think anyone actually wants what he was talking about. Well, I think there's these gadget people who kind of think they do, and that's what it, like, it kind did of you, primes like, the pump he, for selling them. He now. has facial, he has facial recognition on his door, so that like people who are on like a special friends list can come in anytime. Like his par- his parents and his in laws can like come over anytime. Like nobody wants that. I want my mom to have to knock. <laughs> Don't you? Don't you want your mom to have to knock? Like, nobody wants a fucking door thing that's going to open automatically to people on their family list. But to people who don't think through the negative repercussions of these things, people aren't equipped. You know, the system is not set up for these people to think of the, the consequences of these cool toys and actions. It's buying that next pack or subscription to whatever's the cool thing that's and the cool conversation what people are going to be talking about at work it's not about anything <laughs> sensible it's just setting the stage so that they can sell you that next product i mean look at look at this you know and this goes into the vr side of this that um you know you look at the the ads i mean from the little bit of tv you and i watch 
um, is it the Samsung? Is it the VR, Samsung VR? Oh, you know, it's like the, the family on the couch. Oh, this is cool. And then, you know, grandpa, oh, I'm having a heart attack. This is so amazing. And, you know, selling them this. But how many of those houses are going to have those? And then by, by May, no one gives a shit because you just created a thing where you can strap your iPhone to your face and you pretty much already have that 24-7 on on, the, on a, any regular day. Yeah, I mean, I feel as though a lot of the things, I mean, I, I think that you're right. I mean, I think that there is a certain um, a certain group of folks who who find gadgets, no matter what kind of gadgets, really appealing, right? You go, you go into people's um, kitchens and you go into people's garages. Um, you know, here we go. Today is, is the high holiday of capitalism. And people probably unwrapped a lot of presents today that were gadgets, gadgets that they aren't going to use, but gadgets that are that uh, that capitalism really tells people that are going to make their lives easier, that are going to make things simpler for them, that are going to be shiny and and new. But I I think that and the the this notion that if we have internet connected gadgets, that it's somehow going to make things even easier, right? So the um, interconnect internet connected thermostat Nest or the um, Google and um, Amazon are both really pushing their voice activated um, system so that you could, you know, control your lights. And that's a bit like what actually what um, Zuck built was, you know, you can say out loud, dim the lights and your whatever it is, your Alexa or your Google Home is connected to your lights and your lights dim. That's not particularly a a huge... That's not really a, a, a huge uh, breakthrough, there, and the, and I you know I always say like what are the what are the trade offs for doing so? But um, you know what are you what are you handing over when you suddenly give a company like Google or a company like Amazon access to even more of your um, data, but also this ambient um, sound collection that's constantly recording recording. Um, the voices of everything you say in order to be able to be attentive and dim your lights when you want the dim lights dimmed or um, order you more ketchup when you've run out of ketchup. But I, I think that a lot of these things are are going to backfire because they're not, they, I think that they're, um, they're, they're just um, no good. <laughs> Well, I mean, people just seem, I mean, along with the capability to go, hey, I can talk to this thing and it knows me and knows my voice and has this pattern of my voice. Yay. They don't have the capabilities to go, hey, now they have a pattern of my voice and like me saying everything under the sun and this is up in the cloud for for potentially access by anyone. They don't have the, the faculties to ask about that. They don't. You know, they're not thinking of, you know, six months down the road. They're not even thinking about now and the repercussions of now. So um, I think that that the the current gadget market, I mean, that we saw um, evolve from the 90s and into the 2000s. And, and that's just morphed into this subscription edition version of that that's online and, and waiting for the latest, uh, you know, in surveillance capitalism to, uh, you know, be sold to them. Yeah, I mean, and I just, I, I mean, this is, you know, this is me trying to be hopeful. But I think that, like I said, I think that there are people who are fascinated by gadgets. Um, and then there are people who are really fascinated by the latest high tech who, you know, when, 
when Apple does a new MacBook, they go out and buy the new MacBook, even though they don't need a new computer. The people who are wearing an Apple Watch, even though there's absolutely no reason on God's green earth why you would wear an Apple Watch. But people who buy the high-tech items, people who bought VR sets today for Christmas. Um, but I think that most people aren't technical. And I, I, and I actually think that because of the sort of um, I don't know, because of the sort of hubris of a lot of the people working in Silicon Valley, people like Mark Zuckerberg, who know better than you, right? Who know better than you that are going to engineer the stuff to make it better according to their version of better. Um, I, th I think that a lot of non-technical people are going to, are going to be, are going to resist this um, because I think that it's, they don't know how it works and they can't, tinker with it and they can't actually work it themselves. Um, I'm just not, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that this home automation thing is going to be as compelling as it is again for the geek, um, uh, the techno, um, elites who find it, who, who have no problem handing away their data because they, 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 they have no, they don't have the fear of the law, the fear of the state, um, the, the fear of job loss quite the same way that, that non-technical people do. But I, I don't think that a lot of folks are going to find this quite so compelling. Yeah. I mean, I think things will lose its allure just because that's the way things are. I think this, the system's meant to do that. And so you can always sell someone the, the latest and newest thing. But I think, um, you know, like Snowden showed us with the whole you know, dick pic conversation that people really don't care about, you know, surveillance and, and, and the wider NSA, but they do care, worry that, you know, people are looking at pictures of their dick. So I think it's going to be as waves and waves of these, these, these stories around, you know, VR not being what it's supposed to be, or AI not being what it's supposed to be, combined with uh, real hands-on stories about how people are doing things that are relevant to the average person that are really bad. You know, one of the ones that I heard of recently was the drone thing is, you know, the, the amount of drone video being submitted as part of the divorce process. You know, when we start having, um, similar to how we had emails show up in the presidential debates this year, when we have Alexa conversations showing up, when we have surveillance cameras uh, photos showing up, um, you know, in insurance claims and, and really bringing a lot of this uh, home to the average person um, on a daily basis and things that they care about, then then I agree. I think people are, it's really not going to fly. Yeah. I, and I think that, uh, I mean, I just, I, I think that a lot of this has been really, again, like this is the problem with, um, using this word intelligent to describe this stuff because uh it's you know it's really it's really not it's really not an, an a breakthrough on what we what we actually think of and again you know what we think of as human intelligence is is such a debatable and in fact has a history that's so horrible with who you know who's counted as intelligence and how we see intelligence in physicality versus how we measure intelligence versus who we grant um, who we grant intelligence to but you you know you think of something even like the example of any of the sort of automated stuff around the house um, this is you know the the kinds of things that that these systems are are doing oftentimes are 
very are 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 only marginally more advanced than some of the automated timers that we already have on things, right? So you can you can since I mean pretty much my whole life you've been able to buy a timer for your lights, right? That your lights go your lights come on for example, it's, you know, it's, it's winter now in the Northern hemisphere, your, your, the lamp in the living room goes on at four o'clock in the afternoon and it shuts off at 11 o'clock at night. And it does that whether or not you're home or not, right? That's, that's not intelligent, but somehow programming one's lights to do that now through a computing system is seen as intelligent. That's not intelligent, right? So having a, having a timer on your heater, for example, that your thermos that, that that your furnace kicks on at six o'clock in the morning and then shuts off while you're at work and then kicks back on like an hour before you get home from work. Again, that's not intelligent. That's something that that we've had capabilities for for quite some time. It's called a timer. <laughs> it's not actually any sort of breakthrough in cognition. But yet these things are being repackaged as being absolute breakthroughs in intelligence. And we're handing over, again, in the process of handing over the decision to dim your lights or the decision to heat your house to a company like Google with Nest, we're actually giving up way more data about ourselves and our consumption patterns in our than we were when we just had a little extra box that we would plug our lamp into that, that you know, clicked every hour, and then when it clicked to four o'clock, would turn the light on. I mean, it was just a switch. It was just a, a timer and a switch to turn your lamp on. And what, what, we're, what, we've, what we've upgraded to now is, is, is so vast, a great deal more surveillance of our homes to really accomplish the same thing that a fucking timer and a switch did, you know, 40 years ago. I, f- I feel like technologists... Uh, people building things rather than pushing forward technology to achieve intelligent levels and 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 get closer to that they're 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 using it in the service of making people dumber um especially after the last election and so that it'll it'll uh become you know the the technology will seem more intelligent because people are dumb or i mean i i think that I mean, I think that that's, you know, I think that there is a way in which um, we are becoming more, you know, it's like this, it's like the the irony of a word like personalization, right? That we're, we've, we're being marketed that we have, that, that, that these um, systems personalize things for us, right? Like Netflix, Netflix personalizes the screen that you see that you get to choose movies from. We were joking about this last night or earlier today. Like it's actually like a really terrible algorithm. Like because you watch, you know, because you've watched one movie, like the, the things that it recommends to you, um, that's not really personalization and, or it's not really a, a meaningful, um, relevant personalization, and it's still actually just drawing from the very shitty catalog that Netflix tends to have of of movies. So, but I think that you know, to bring this full circle to this high holiday of capitalism, choice in capitalism is sort of the same thing, right? We're supposed to be super excited that there are lots and lots and lots of choices that we have for soda, lots and lots of choices that we have for potato chips, lots and lots of choices. Um, and that, 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 but really like the, 
like the, the choices, it's not even a real choice, right? Coke or Pepsi, like you get to choose if you want Coke or Pepsi, Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi, Pepsi Zero, Coke, Death Coke, whatever the versions are, I don't know. But like the R- RC, RC tab, like, but that, but like the, like, like what's, I would like clean water for the people in Flint. Why isn't that a choice? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I think that's, I think that's what the whole move fast and break things and keep everyone under constant assault just uh, makes for a rich environment where, where you feel like you're getting choice, but really are, you're just getting assaulted on a daily basis. Well, we've got one more podcast to do before the new year. So let's see what, what shit happens in the next seven days. But until then, um, be safe.